Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So, I just had an interesting ordeal. Mm-hmm. I am, you may not notice about me, but from time to time I get triggered. Yes, it is surprising news. Sarcasm has entered the chat. Um, Something very interesting has happened today, and I could not wait to get to this phone call to call you. I have understood the wiser that I become and the more that I grasp and truly dissect and apply the knowledge that I've learned. I am starting to understand how powerful women truly are. The fact that the way in which God made us and how we are wired and how we think and all the intricacies about us, there is something so divine about a woman. We bring life into this earth. We house all the different titles that we have. We are able to push through the different barriers and things that's put before us. We can push aside pain to go ahead and and birth our purpose. We can go ahead and, you know, push through any adversity. There is something about a woman's strength that is uncanny to anything that is physically and ultimately in this earth at this time. And I believe in my heart of hearts that the most dangerous species on this planet is a healed woman. Yes, I said all that to say about a woman, but I feel like I need to go ahead and give that caveat of a healed woman. And I'll tell you where this comes from. I in my own self can look back and see all the different variations of myself. The broken hearted little girl who didn't have her dad in her life and then the chip on her shoulder, defensive, growing into a woman that had a toxic relationship with her mother and then, you know, all the different failed intimate relationships and then the backstabbing friendships and all the different, you know, you can go back in life from pretty much plot point according to your age or the year or what have you. You're like, yeah, that <laughs> I was a different person uh, at that time and space in my life if you have a life that has continual growth I am someone that I'm very very centered on growing I don't want to grow in age I want to grow in wisdom I want to grow in stature I want to grow in knowledge I want to grow in understanding and who I am today I absolutely I love her Oh my goodness I love her I am not down on her I'm not hard on her like I used to be I am giving myself the space to be so that I'm allowed the plateau to become. And I absolutely love this woman that I'm evolving to. Today, I had a conversation that pinpointed the fact that I have grown beyond my years. There are some elements about me today that was not there a few yesteryears ago. And it is because of the fact that God has single-handedly healed me from my soul outwardly and is coming out in my physical. Do you know how many people I've had within the last couple of months say, man, you're glowing. And it's not a pregnancy. I'm not doing a new face regime. It's not a new vitamin. It is simply that I am starting to live my life from the inside out. How I truly feel is how I am displaying in life. 
So this glow, <laughs> this come up is nothing that can be bought on anybody's rollback price. It is truly something that was worked for and that I'm creating the space to become continuously better than this particular person right now. So let's get to the story because you already know everything that happens in all conversations is pinpointed from something that actually occurred. Today I was having a conversation with a woman and little by little we've been discussing certain things and she went ahead and said that she has been feeling some form of resentment towards her husband. And so I was like, hmm, okay. And so when I got to you know, got past the whipped cream and the sprinkles and okay, let's get to the layers of the cake that mattered. When I got to that portion, it was simply dissected into two things. Unspoken expectations, which are absolutely dangerous, coupled with the fact that she could not see through another lens. And so being able to hear exactly what she needed sitting in my seat, I felt so honored in this moment, and I'm going to say it now because I just realized what, what just happened. I am so honored that God trusted me to go ahead and give someone a different perspective that could possibly change her family dynamic. So, God, in this moment, thank you for that. Thank you for trusting me because all that means is that I, the more that you are used by God shows that he's trusting you with more and more assignments. And I that's going to send me somewhere that tissue can't bring me out of so we're gonna go ahead and say that's not bubble for later but what I said to her was let me give me your lens and I'm going to clean your frames and so I went ahead and cleaned it for her and just said you know basically what it was is without putting somebody's grandbaby business on the streets because you know we don't gossip on these telephone lines okay great because I don't want God going ahead and cutting off nothing of mine I pay my bill okay and I tried have a nice day she said her husband was in residency and off back, I knew, ooh, yeah, that's tough time and being together. But toppled on, to add on to that, they have two children under two. Mm-hmm. You see that? Yeah. I, I know you, you was like, oh, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All the stressors, right? And so she was going through that mommy stage of she's not feeling like herself. She also doesn't feel supported. It was all that kind of encapsulated in one. And what I said to her was, Wait, she added one more element. She said that he's always tired. He's never really spending time um, with the children. It's like an hour. So she's pretty much, you know, looking at the, not the quality, but the quantity of like, you know, only an hour there and then maybe on a Saturday and this, that, and the third. But something really special happened that if not allowed the opportunity to show her, she would have missed it. She bought a exercise bike. And she was and he put it together, the husband, and she was having a hard time with the company because the pedals weren't what she thought and this, that, and the third. And so her husband said, you know, if you want me to go ahead and break it down so you can return it, I will. But it seems like you like it. And so she gave me that piece of pertinent information while she's telling me the story. And so I stopped her once um, she said the thing about regret and I said or um, resentment rather. And I said, can I say something to you where you see resentment? I see a blessing. And she kind of gave me the face like, what do you mean? I said, within the next two years, your husband is doing something now that would change your family financial bracket in two years. In the next two years, your children will be older 
and sleep will become <laughs> more of a staple. In the next two years, you can probably decide if you want to still work or not. In the next two years, the hustle and bustle of what both of you are doing on one bookmark, he's going ahead and he's doing things that's going to change your family dynamic in the next two years. And on the other side of the bookmark, you're doing you're holding down the fort of home so that he can support and, and provide and do what needs to be done to lead this family to another another bracket right not just financially but to be in a medical field that is something to be honored that is something to be proud of that is something to say oh my goodness and you just told me as sleepy as this man is as sleepy as you have seen him just come in the house and feel like almost comatose that he told you if you want me to break down this bike just so that you can return it I will I said I want you to listen to that he wasn't too tired to put that bike together for you he wasn't too tired to take that bike apart and I had to really hone in on that like do you hear that do you hear the fact that you are both sleepy in your own right but you're still doing things to make each other kind of meet each other's need at this space in time right now residency is no joke neither is raising two children under two but if you can both hold it down and say you know what in the next two years this will be different in the next couple of months it won't be this way if you both had the mindset of this is going to change soon then both of you will look at each other like thank you thank you for holding down the fort when I was at residency and thank you so much for going to residency because you allowed me to hold down the fort do you see how that exchange goes ahead and just changes the whole thing of unmet expectation and silent promises being broken and I'm starting to resent him do you see how that whole thing changes because Amos 3 3 says how can two walk together lest they agree and unless you can agree on we are doing a thing together for a common goal then the whole thing breaks apart and let me go ahead and explain something to you that probably would not have been my mindset a couple of years ago but there is something about sitting in a healed woman's seat that will allow me to heal other women. My prayer has always been to God, especially re recently, help me to heal every woman I come across and use my life to go ahead and heal those particular women. Because in that conversation, I had to be candid to her and I had to be unveiled I had to let her know what a unsupported marriage looked like letting her know and being vulnerable enough to say I didn't marry right the first time and just her face alone was like huh what and because I believe and I always said this to you I believe the enemy uses this tool and this little I, I hate this particular arsenal that he uses of trying to make someone believe that they're the only one going through this particular thing and that what they're feeling is absolute truth. No, sometimes you need to let someone know, oh, you're crying about that paper cut. Let me show you this wound that needed sutures and stitches at one point. And then you look at your paper cut and you're like, oh, and it's not to trump you, but it's to show you that what you feel may not be the truth it feels worse than it actually is you don't need no sutures you don't need no stitches you don't need no no iv no anesthet you don't need anything but a band-aid for this situation do not let the enemy think that you need to be in somebody's or behind this this minute temporal situation and so I was really, really proud in that moment, having that conversation, feeling all excited. And so I went ahead and 
I had a conversation with my husband and I was like, you know, I'm just, I feel like, you know, I'm becoming this new woman and I can help other women and I'm excited and I'm having this conversation like, yeah, you know, and women just, I, I, I feel like if we don't share our stories amongst other women, that we will always think that we're getting the shorter end of the stick or it really takes a healed woman to heal another woman. And as I'm giving him examples about things that I've been through or, or conversations that I've had with other women, my husband kind of in passing made a statement that I had to grab and say hold on come back reverse that would you say he said yeah you <laughs> yeah I don't get it women are weird and I stopped him I was like it's not that women are weird it's that women are designed so differently that it would take a man his whole life to try to understand and if I'm honest with you, and this is what I told him after I had to kind of go through it, I said, I'm triggered. So he went through the whole like, oh, I apologize. I'm sorry. I said, no, no, because no, it's not your fault. But I want to use this, <laughs> this moment and kind of make good of it. I realize that men are aisles. You know, that baby, you know, you go down aisle eight. Oh, okay. Mm, towels, 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 different colors, different textures. Yeah. Oh, that whole middle aisle, that's a man. While women are actually grocery stores and while we can understand an aisle, a man could never comprehend the magnitude of being an entity. And that's no shade. That's not to be no men versus women, you know, Mars and Venus. You know, I'm not trying to do all that, but I really want to get to the real of the root of the problem and not the symptom because to be honest with you that's not the first time that we heard that narrative right women are unstable creatures they crazy you know if there was a book to understand a woman it would be however many different pages and that's because we let that narrative go on for too long it's really simplistic more simplistic than what people really want to give credit to and what it really is is you, you ready for it you want me to give it a drum roll or something Okay, let me give it a jump on. Okay, great. Uh, women think with their heart. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Oh, no. Spoiler alert. Who knew? Blah, blah, blah. All the things. Stay tuned. You're going to figure out more next time on uh, Dragon Ball Z. I don't know. But that is such a alien trait that that one piece of of inclusion that God gave women that we think through our hearts has the entire world aiding to this narrative of women are crazy. They're weird. They're unstable creatures. But guess who made that narrative? Hmm? Men. But also guess who aided to that narrative by breaking hearts, by lying, by not being forthcoming about a few things, by giving false promises, by giving false hopes. Guess who did all that? Oh, men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's kind of how that happens. And while no shade to my husband, I am so glad that we were able to have that conversation because what I said to him was, you will never understand how it feels to continuously think through your heart, put other people before you, and then have people look back at you and say, you're weird. Just because they solely don't understand how to live life through that, through that organ. You guys can go into a store, 
and say, this is what I'm going to the store for. Come out of the store. Come back home. We can go to the store, but also pass by another store where there's a sale and say, man, my son, my daughter, my niece, my nephew, my blah, blah, blah. They will look really cute in that. And then we will purchase that. And then we'll try to continue to get to the store that we were getting into. And then we'll be like, man, I'm hungry. Let me go ahead and buy something. Oh, wait, let me just call such and such up real quick and see if he want me to pick him up something. Real. Or let me see if the kids on my way back, if they want me to. We are constantly a healed woman, constantly thinking about everyone that is close to our hearts. And while I was on the phone having that conversation with my husband, I was at, I walked into a beauty supply store where I was met with, who do you think I ran into? Another woman. Ding, 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 ding. Look at you being a genius. Okay, somebody's grandbaby. And so I went ahead and extended that conversation with her. I said, real quick, I'm going to ask you a question because I'm getting ready to have this phone call conversation when I get when I get back home. And she was like, okay. I said, I'm going to make a statement and I want you to give me your authentic truth about that statement. She said, okay. I said, what do, what do you feel when you hear women are crazy or women are weird? And so she was like, mm, um, mm. You know how we have to go through the intricacies like, okay, first of all, A, is this a setup? B, I don't know you. C, you know, all the difference. So she was like, I don't, like, I don't know. So I had to help her to make her, just warm her up real quick. Like, okay, I know this is weird. You normally don't get this kind of, you know, dialogue in this situation. I didn't ask you about lashes, weave, nothing else. So you throwing off. I'm asking you about life and I know that's new. So let me try something else. I said, how, what is your emotional first inklings when you hear women are crazy or women are weird? She said, well, first of all, I don't like being compared to nobody else. I was like, okay, snap back, period. You understand? We get it. Okay. And then after that, what do you feel? She was like, I mean, I guess I don't really know how to feel about that. So she was like, well, how do you feel? I said, well, I think what's happening is we are deemed weird because the people who are deeming us weird, which is men, which are men, they don't understand us. I said, let me give you an example. If you knew that your man loved apples, red apples to be exact. She was like, mm-hmm. I said, and you happened to go to the grocery store and you picked up some juice and you picked up, you know, a couple of the whatever. I said, wouldn't you automatically gravitate to, and before I can even finish it, she was like, and pick him up an apple or two. I said, right. Now he, <laughs> same grocery list. We'll go into the store, get the lettuce, get a banana, go get the cucumber, get whatever else. And he would come home. And when you looked in the bag, if you were the one that loved red apples, what's the first thing you would ask him? She said, I would ask, how come he didn't pick me up an apple? I said, right. But for whatever the reason, because we continuously operate through the organ of our hearts, we're looked at as weird. And she was like, oh, my gosh. You're right, because that's exactly why I'm not with my ex-boyfriend now. See, now she warmed up. You understand? Like, now we get into the nitty-gritty of, like, come on, baby girl, let's talk. You understand? And so I was like, okay. And she was like, yeah, it's just because he just wasn't. And you know how a woman looks up? Like, she's like, mm, 
como, how do you say? Like, she's trying to put the words together. She said, he just wasn't. And I said, consider it. She was like, exactly. I said, because women only need to know that you're going to make the attempt. She only wants to see that you're going to put on the shoes. All she needed to know was you was going to put on the shoes to get to the start line. Bro, she planned on running this whole race by herself anyway. She just wanted to make sure that she was going to be there. And she was like, exactly. And I said, right. So how come we are look at, looked at as the ones as we're weird? And she was like, you know what? <laughs> she almost asked me for my phone number, low key. Like I felt her looking at me like, can I call you later when you have this conversation? But it's the truth. The truth of the matter is, why are the stronger species, okay, looked at as, oh, something's wrong with you? No, you don't understand us. And while we never, ever look at the value of a woman, while we never, ever looked at men and was like, something's wrong with y'all. That we never created, aided, and continued a narrative of men men are stupid, men are weird. We, we didn't even, we had the power to make y'all look like y'all was second best and make y'all look like something was wrong with you. But we never did that. We took it on a case-by-case basis. You know, some of us have been hurt to the point that we feel like all men are filling a blank, liars, cheaters, whatever the case may be. But we never gave up hope on y'all. Women can have seven different baby fathers, 18 different kids, and that's good math. I don't care what you say and still feel like, you know what, but I still believe in love. Men get heartbroken one time by that one girl who didn't brush her teeth good in second grade and y'all done. Y'all want to be a player for life. Like, come on, Sydney. What? (laughs) And so after having that conversation with my husband, he was like, you know what? I see what you're saying. And I'm going to do my best to make sure that not even in playing, I use that. Because, you know, at this point, he was like, bro, I don't, I don't want no beef. And I was like, bro, ain't no beef. <laughs> it ain't no beef. We share the same bed. Like, you good on this queen size. You understand? Um, So that was that. But then he also said something that really was like, wow. He said, and I will make sure that any man that I come across that ever even uses that terminology, that I will go ahead and challenge his thinking. And I was like, see, that's why I be kissing you on the mouth, bruh. That's why when I kiss you, I kiss you on your mouth, okay? Because that was what I was looking for. I'm no longer in this space where I want to argue and I want to make things bigger than what it is. Listen, what are we going to do to grow from this point? What are we going to do to get better? And then I had to go ahead and you know how I do. I said, I need to bring this back to my roots, which you already know is the Bible. And so I said, let me go back to when emotions has entered the chat. You know, O-G-E-V-E. You understand? Who's that girl? Eve. (laughs) You know what it is. And I just had to go back to just really trace, like, where did it all go wrong? And not so much where did it all go wrong, but women were illustrated through Eve and men still didn't get it. So let's go ahead and just dive into it real quick. Genesis 3, you know I read from the NOT version. And I want to read where the serpent went ahead and and challenged Eve, right? So let's just read from one. I was going to go to verse 8, but I want to, this, listen, let's just go ahead and just do what the Holy Spirit says, because I'm not going to get in trouble for you. So um, verse 1, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Two, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in a garden. The woman replied, sarcasm probably, like, bruh, 
Yeah, he said that. Haven't I said three? It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die Four, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman. Five, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Sixth, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it and then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Seven, at that moment their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. I want to go back to um, verse six, that last, that, that second to last verse. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it, and she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. Out of all the things that God created, every time that God created something in Genesis, he said, mm, and it was good. And then night and day came in the next day and kept it moving. We don't even come across words like beautiful and delicious until Eve came into the presence. That's because women see things more than just face value. Out of everything that was created, again, everything that Adam named, everything that was going on, we didn't even read about the word beautiful, okay, or delicious, we didn't read any until Eve came into the scene. Women are able to find the beauty and the substance and the depth in anything. Besides it being beautiful, besides it being delicious, she wanted the wisdom it would give her. Notice going all the way back in the Bible, uh, you know, towards the end read your bible when uh jesus was tempted by the uh the um satan guy he was tempted with things that were pretty much riches you know uh, kingdoms i can give you power i can give you the woman was tempted with something that was given a little bit more substance she was tempted by something that she deemed beautiful i want you to get that because <laughs> that has its own conversation in it in itself how many women are led astray from something that's beautiful? A man. Ooh, but I really want this house that I can't afford. Ooh, but I really want this car I can't afford. And so if you never understood a woman, then you never read about Eve. This woman literally was, and I hate to say it, dr driven to a place of disobedience because she was able to see the beauty of something. You ever had God tell you, listen, don't talk to that man. <laughs> you're done, ma'am. He's yo, And you're like, but the babies we would have, sir. <laughs> like the way that we look in pictures. <laughs> like I know you said, um, I know you said not to do A, B, and C, but like we have actually, my hand is in the air right now. Actually, it's not. Okay, now it is my right one because I wanted to be truthful. Uh, we have been disobedient to something because of what we attach the beauty of it to. That was her first mistake. But you know what? We've all been there, haven't we? But but look at the other part. Like literally a woman is summarized in this one part. So she was convinced. 
<laughs> which you ain't got to be a good salesman to convince a woman on, on certain things if she already put her mind to it, okay? She saw that your tree was beautiful and the fruit looked delicious, okay, great. And she wanted the wisdom. She She wanted that wisdom that God had. But look at this. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. And then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Even in her disobedience, even in the fact that, listen, I'm not even going to be selfish in this part because if it's going to make me wise, I want to give my husband some too. She was still sharing. Let let me tell you something, no shade. Um, But all this reading, I ain't reading not one near time that Adam shared anything with Eve. Hmm? What he shared. Okay. Outside of his rib, but God had to put him to sleep. Because I don't know if he would have gave that willingly. I don't know. I don't want to talk about nobody's dirt grandbaby, K. Gray, because you know he's made from clay. Um, I don't want to talk about that. But I, I can almost go ahead and just make a spiritual guesstimation that um, the first person to be documented to share, okay, you know, was EVE. Say what you want. Say she was disobedient. You could say, you could say a lot of things about her, but what you cannot say is that you didn't even know the word beautiful. Okay, until she came on the scene. And guess what? She's the first person to show what Sharon looked like. Hmm. Okay, because I thought you had, I thought I thought somebody who didn't share said something. Oh, okay, just wanted to be clear on that. But do you see what I'm saying? It's like to be so misunderstood on the surface, but to not see the depth of a woman is such an injustice. Now I don't want to give too much shine to Eve because wrong is wrong. Okay, God told you not to do something, ma'am. Don't do it. Okay, he told you stop talking to buddy. Stop talking to buddy. God said, don't go get that house right now. You went, don't do it. God said, don't apply to that right now. Don't do it. Literally, if he said, don't do it, I don't care how much beauty you see in it. God said that he doesn't want you a part of it. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not glorifying disobedience, but I, but you know, I want to give credit where credit was due because, you know, she get a lot of uh, slack and, and and nobody took the time to say, but you know what, but she shared though. Okay. (laughs) But you know what, that that's somebody's good, good rib grandbaby. And she did a good job and she did a bad job, but she did a good job at the same time. But that's not the only time that a woman has been misunderstood, has it? I went ahead and went to 1 Samuel real quick, uh, chapter 1, and was reading about Hannah. You know, every time I read this story about her husband, he irritates my pressure, right? Okay, so let's just read about him quick because I need my pressure stabilized. So verse 8. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkna would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? No, it's not, Elkna. Okay. That's number one, two, four, and five, okay? No, okay? She's crying, sir, because she, she's not nobody's mother. You can't call her mommy. You know what? You have a nice day. I can't be bothered. Every time I read about him, he makes me discuss it. So let's go on to a real man because I can't be bothered. And let's read about um, Eli, <laughs> which is a part of H- Hannah's prayer for his son. So let's start at, um, I want to start at verse, eh, let's start at verse 10. So Hannah was in deep anguish. Nope, let's go above that because you need to know she was in a tabernacle. So once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place besides the entrance of the tabernacle. 10. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. 11. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies. 
if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. 12. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. 13. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she may have been drinking. 14. Must you come here drunk? He demanded. Throw away your wine. 15. Hmm? Oh, oh no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm, wick- I'm a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. 17. Oh, in that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the Lord, may the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. 18. Oh, thank you, sir. She exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again and she was no longer sad. Do you, you saw what just happened? The fact that if a man can't understand the the emotional attachment of a woman, the emotional wiring of a woman, he will always call it something that he's had experience with and missed the whole entire thing. Clearly up until this point, Eli, being in the tabernacle probably all his life, has never seen someone pray from a place of deep anguish and sorrow. You don't know nothing about no prayer until you met a woman that's a praying woman that's on her knees. And it's like, I'm going to see something change in the spiritual realm because if it's anybody who can do anything about it, it's God. So I'm going to get the ear of God, but I'm going to speak it to a point that the only person that's going to understand it is God. So while everybody else may see somebody crying and acting crazy in the church or may see somebody like, look, I don't know what she praying about, but she was like crying. It was not everywhere. You will never understand the East spiritual equipment that God gave a woman when it comes to her emotions and the way that he taps into that thing. The way that this woman was praying appeared as if she was drunk. Once again, a woman had to go ahead and verify and confirm, no, it's not drunkenness. It's the posture that I'm holding while I'm praying. And I love the fact that even though he didn't understand it, he touched and agreed with it. It was like, y'all, I've never seen nobody pray like that. As a matter of fact, me, being a priest myself, I've never prayed like that. But whatever you pray in, in that case, I touch and agree. And, and, and look, in normal woman fashion, it didn't happen yet. She didn't receive her prayer right after. Matter of fact, her prayer was probably interrupted because Buddy's looking on the outside talking about, throw away your wine, and she's in the middle of her amen, like, bro, have a nice day. But in normal woman fashion, she was given a glimmer of hope, a little flash of hope, and it changed her whole situation around. This woman went from crying to praying in great anguish and great sorrow and had the man of God touch and agree and a whole posture turned around to the point that the 18th verse says that she said oh thank you sir she exclaimed and then she went back and she began to eat again and she was no longer sad how how does a woman do that how does a woman push through something with a glimmer of hope 
How does a woman get excited that a check is coming in the mail and it didn't come yet? How does a woman get to the place that she knows she's pregnant and she can name a child, but she hasn't seen the child yet? How does a woman know, you know what, it's not going to be like this for much longer. I'm going to get some sleep in a little bit. It's not. I'm not going to be in this pay grade much longer. I'm going to work my way up and I'm going to do this, that, and third. And she gets a little glimmer of future hope and it changes her now posture. How? You will never understand a woman, sir. You will never understand a woman, sir. Do you see what I'm trying to illustrate here? And I tried to come up with a whole bunch of hypotheses and thesis around what, what kind of man would possibly be able to, you know, I came up with the, well, maybe it's the men who are close to their mothers because, you know, I have that experience where I've seen people in my family or people that are close to me. And, you know, even my son, the way that he caters to me in certain things. And it's like, you know what? I know for a fact that his daughters and his future wife, like they are going to be absolutely like, I love my daddy because of the way that he relates to me. I see it now. The thought, the big heartedness I see it and I and I'm on him a lot about making sure that he stays on to that and making sure that he doesn't hand that over to just anybody because he is an alien and most men are not like that and I want him to be truly appreciated by the woman that God has for him so I thought for one moment like maybe it's the men who are close to their mothers then I'm like, well, maybe it's men who have sisters, you know, a whole bunch of sisters where, you know, you've heard a man once in the blue say, oh, that's because, you know, I got, I got four sisters. I get it. Like, you know, so you're like, dang, he had he had the head start, bro. Like, I don't know. Or maybe it's the men who view their father figure nurturing their mothers. So you get the super duper head start because you literally see it played out in in real life in front of you. So you just go ahead and just cut and paste and do what you saw your daddy do. Like maybe, but I don't think that that excuses anyone else who may not have had these air quote theoretical head starts. I look at that like, you know what? Yes. Maybe the average person in college is in their twenties, but if you enter college in your mid forties, that doesn't mean that you can't still graduate in a timely fashion with a high GPA and with dignity. Yes, the people who are in their 20s probably got a little bit of an advantage because they their brain is fresh off of high school, okay, grade they They're already in that working mode. You probably got 20 plus, 10 plus years away from entering the information. Like the last time that I even seen this kind of math problem, sir, <laughs> the last time I even wrote a paper, okay, I got to take a whole new writing class. I don't know nothing about where you put the semicolon or nothing to that degree. And you're probably really far removed from it, but that doesn't mean that you cannot get the same goal and obtain the same thing with a level of dignity like anyone else. So even if a man didn't have, you know, the father figure and the mother and the closest to the mother, even if you didn't have all that, you're just going to have to be like that 40 something year old in college. You're going to have to work a little harder, but it can be done. But I wanted to just illustrate the fact that a man's natural posture is just to not understand a woman it's just that's the natural posture it's I don't get it women throw away your wine when God came down in in you know the cool of the day and and asked Adam like bro what did you do he said this woman you gave me bro <laughs> she out here sharing and caring like I don't even know what sharing is I've been eating all my food by myself for years and then you created this woman I got to share with somebody like bro I don't know nothing about this like literally the the, the natural debunk was blame it on her while the woman's natural response to the fruit was share it with him. You see the difference in that? 
So if it was happening in biblical times, you already know that it's going to continue to happen now. So my challenge to my ladies, I need you. I'm asking you to be exactly what you always have been, but be the healed version of that. Because only an entity, only a grocery store can understand a grocery aisle. And to my men, my healed men, I really, really, really want to ask that I don't want you to be the whole store because I feel like that would really just haywire the whole wiring of you, right? But I really want you to get to the place that you're like, if nothing at all, I want to understand the woman that God gave me through and through. Not asking you to understand every woman because we're customized to the covering that God gave us. All you have to do is cover us properly. We are the engine. You are the hood. We are the nucleus. You are the shell. Like I need you to go ahead and make sure that your assignment is covered and whatever your assignment needs that you come out of yourself and you do exactly that whatever her love language is whatever her dislikes are I need you to hone in understand and I need you to literally put that into practice as often as you can if every day sounds overwhelming then you need to I don't care if you have to set your alarm to remind yourself I have to go ahead and apply this love language because a woman only needs to see that you bring in a great of salt to the table and she'll make you a whole thanksgiving spread it's a unfair advantage don't make it an unfair disadvantage do you understand that but look (laughs) i feel like you got what you needed okay you know what these conversations are They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody's going to be telling you. These conversations, spilling a tea, giving you the honey, giving you the lemon, and then sipping it with you. Not everybody's going to do that, okay? But look, I'm um, going to go ahead and let you let me go. I'm going to tell my husband we were talking about him because he's somebody's grandbaby. And then um, we're going to go ahead and have another conversation where we don't discuss nobody else's grandbaby without them knowing, okay? All right, I'll talk to you later. Later.